Hey, good people, this is your N.I. Dom, back with another reflection. And this is a personal journal for contemplative people looking to think, grow, and have impact in the world. So, hey, I'm starting this reflection off with um, two separate concepts that I'm pushing together from the top. Blackness and flow. Blackness and flow. Um, they exist completely as two different considerations, two different things that have been on my mind. And um, this morning I set out to um, delve into the blackness part of the consideration. And as I was doing that, some thoughts surface about flow. And as I, as or if I get into unpacking flow, it really wasn't even about flow. Flow is just what I'm um, naming the experience. So there's a an experience that surfaced in my mind as I was studying this thing around blackness. And um, I sat down and I started like reading on both. And I'm like, hmm, man, I have to decide which reflection I want to start off with. Like, which one do I want to do? Do I want to do the reflection on blackness? Do I want to do the one on flow? And I genuinely don't know. So I'm starting, I'm hitting the record button with this as a title, um, mm, with this as a starting point, blackness and flow. Don't know where it's going to take me, but that's where I'm starting. Okay. I'm going to do a little housekeeping before I do my disclaimers. Um, I think I'm going to be able to pull off my goal for season four to have uh, 50 episodes. So I'm at, um, I'm at 41. I believe I have nine more, eight after this one. And I could have kicked out one a day. Like I realized it at like day, a few days ago. I'm like, oh, I could just do one reflection a day. And I just really haven't been motivated to do it. Um, and that's, that's an interesting thing uh, for me to, not necessarily to admit to you, but not to, not really to admit. It's just interesting because I don't know what it means. I just have been, unmotivated to, that's not true. I've been wanting to come on the podcast and to talk with you. I just don't know what to talk about yet. My brain has been fully engaged in reflection. So I don't know what that means about reflecting that's going on in my head versus reflecting out loud to you. I'm not going to try to unpack that because I'll fall in an unnecessary rabbit hole. Just want to let you know I'm aware that I'm um, approaching the end of the season, June 30th. Today is June 25th. I have nine, eight episodes left after this one, and I am determined to meet that goal. Again, if these reflections pile up on you, that's fine. I'm going to be quiet for the month of July, so you'll just have time to read and catch up on them, though, okay? All right, let me do some disclaimers. If you are new to this project, this is a personal journal where I process my inner and my outer worlds. I do so by using personality theory. The two that I use the most are the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram. Pushing those two systems together, I identify as an INTJ8. I also identify as an African-American woman from a lower socioeconomic background and from intergenerational trauma. I'm a trained and practicing educator and social scientist of 30 years, half of that time has been in leadership. Politically, I lean into tenets of critical race feminism, which means I have an intellectual sensitivity around power and the social world. 
specifically looking at social constructs such as race, class, gender, sexuality, to name a few. This project is unedited and unscripted. If you want to know more about it or me, please feel free to visit my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. Okay, I think I want to start off by trying to explain why I'm pushing these two separate things together. Um, so I told you guys right after I'm in summer vacation. I just ended week two. And um, two things have been uh, significant about the two-week period, particularly the second week. Um, first, I told you about the abyss where I ended my school year, like I said, feeling everything and nothing at the same time. There was so much so much that I had taken in that um, I couldn't even identify what I had taken in. But I knew I'd taken in a lot. I couldn't take I couldn't process anything, not consciously. And over the first week I was really just kinda numb to like, oh, I mean seriously, perceiving and taking things in and and then having time to sit with it. But it was like this tight um blob of nothing that's everything. I, I really can't explain it any other way. This past week, things are starting to break apart. I think I've, you know, you can look at the number of reflections I was doing. So that blob started breaking apart and, you know, considerations are floating out. But I, I wonder if there's something deep like at the core of the blob that I yet haven't accessed. I'm not going to say I wonder. I believe. I believe it. there's something core in that blob <laughs> that I haven't yet accessed. I'm thinking about there's a, a lollipop or a sucker, a, some candy that you suck on, and, and once you get to the middle of the candy, there's a particular treat. Well, that's kind of what, I don't know if it's a treat, but that's what I'm kind of contending with. That as I, this week, that blob started breaking apart, but I haven't gotten to the center of it yet. Okay, I don't think that's a big deal. But I just want to let you know that um, I kind of feel like flow state and blackness are getting closer to the core of the blob. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm, I'm sure there's a more academic word, but just just let me say blob for now. <laughs> um, so that's some context. Um, let me start. Let me start off with 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 flow, um, just a little bit. So I'm in this community and um, with these. Uh, I'm in three different voice communities. I've talked about it. And one is around spirituality and justice. And it has been discovered that all three of us have TE, extroverted thinking, in our MBTI personality stack, in our cognitive function stack. And it is believed, or it was up until maybe two days ago, there are three of us in that room. Two of, two, two of them, they have TE, they're TE dominant extroverted thinking at the top 
and I'm Tiki Auxiliary. Um, it's second for me. Now, in the last day or so, the guy who's Jewish, um, he doesn't come across as sensing. He says he's an ESTJ. Both of them say they're ESTJs, but he doesn't really give off sensor vibes. He really gives off intuitive vibes. And so I've been like just wrestling, rolling in that. I shouldn't say rolling in it, but poking it because I do believe he has a right to identify himself. But I also know he uses the Kirsten model more than the Myers-Briggs model. And in the Kirsten model, it looks at temperament. So I don't think the focus, and I, I was, I, I was loosely reading it this morning because I was interested in temperament. Um, just, but so I'm just nowhere near, trust me. <laughs> I'm not any, I'm, I always say I'm not an ex- expert on anything personality theory, but I do know cognitive functions and Myers Briggs fairly well, but I'm not an expert. So at any rate, he, um, so in the, as he has explained it, or as I'm un, as I'm extrapolating from his connection to the temperament theory, is that you it it focuses on temperament more than those individual traits, and they can give you four letters. They can say like instead of me saying I'm an INTJ, I would say I'm an IX. I'm an IXTJ, or I'm an INXJ. Or I'm an IXX, I'm an IXXJ, or I'm an XNTX, <laughs> right? I think I don't know if I can do put the X in that last slot, but anyway. So he was coming to the table saying I'm an X here because I'm split, and you guys know about cognitive function theory and, and saying you're a split. It just doesn't fit into that theory. But what I'm saying, I tried to say to him, you might be a split, but as it relates to this theory. So anyway, we've been getting off into that. Um, anyway, that's a side, that's a side note. But so, um, I believe, you know, TE is really in his stack with that SN. Like he seems more N than he does S. So he made a comment yesterday. He's like, well, if I'm not ESTJ, I'm INTJ. And I was like, not only did he switch it from S to N, he switched it from E to I. I haven't had a chance to ask him why he did that. (laughs) So anyway, so let's just go with it. T-E, right? T-E, all three of us have it. So I've been thinking about the TE and especially being auxiliary TE in contrast to their TE. And again, we're just in this voice community. We're just talking. Um, and so how we show up via voice is just one part of us, but it's still a fascinating way to explore extroverted, extroverted thinking. So a couple of things have come out of that for me in this short period of time of interacting with them is that I am truly TE, I truly have it in the top of my stack. Been, it's been interesting to watch us uh, walk into areas of disagreement, walk into areas of not just disagreement, but like con- contest of ideas or um, contest um, of ethics, a contest of moral truths, right? And so we'll have, a, you know, he'll have a moral truth or she'll have one or I'll have one that we don't agree with and how we move into understanding that moral truth, 
or that discrepancy or the disagreement with our TE and we don't take it personal. Like even if there are things I'm like, well, emotionally, I'm not interested in doing that. That doesn't make me feel good. I am able to, okay, that doesn't make me feel good. Park it, but continue on in the discourse because of what it is offering my extroverted thinking. It's been very fascinating to watch. Now, both of them, which aren't, they're not as, um, so the guy is very into, much into personality theory, although he's not an expert on extra um, MBTI. And the lady is familiar with it. But So anyway, what they both have said over time in different ways is that, you know, we're taught, this is a place where we're talking about spirituality. You have somebody who's Jewish. You have somebody who who was raised, I just found out, she was raised agnostic, but married. Um, I'm sorry. Um, I thought I had my internet off, which I do. I don't know what that indicator is. So you guys excuse that. I really don't know what the inter- inter- indicator was. Okay. Um, so just bear with me on that. Um, so she's married to an Episcopalian priest and, uh, and then you have me, um, and I really don't even know. I mean, I, I say, well, here's, I'm culturally Christian. That's the best way for me to explain it. I'm culturally Christian. It doesn't mean I'm not spiritually Christian, but it, it does mean that I'm not comfortable with aligning myself with other Christian folks. And that's something that connects to something I was reading, a point I was reading about culture um, about maybe 20 minutes ago. But anyway, so I just, and we, and they're white, I'm black. I mean, we're from different parts of the um, United States. We're all in the United States, but we're like in vastly different regions. Um, And there's a, the guy and I are the same age. We're a year apart. Um, the lady is younger, significantly. Um, the lady and I are both K-12 educators. Um, the guy and I are both social scientists. He's an educator. I mean, like, it's just, we're vastly different and then yet we're similar. It's been a really, it's been a treat to engage um, with these other two but my my significant the point is that extroverted thinking, watching how we navigate our differences without taking things personal, and they both have said in that we're in a spiritual community, and we're not we're not fighting for our spirituality to be superior, to be truthful. We're not pushing our spiritual agenda on each other, yet we're still holding on to our own individual beliefs. And we're doing all of that through extroverted thinking. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. So that's made me think about some of the challenges that I've had in my personal life in terms of me wanting to have community, me wanting to have intimacy with people, even me in my place of employment, that people aren't functioning with extroverted thinking. So when you hit a place where we disagree, um, we have different moral truths, Man, we don't have a safe function to navigate it. And I would be biased if I said 
more everybody should have extroverted thinking. I actually don't feel that way. I think extroverted thinking is great for me to be with other extroverted thinkers. But I think extroverted feelers can feel their way um, through a discrepancy. Uh, introverted feelers, right? Introverted thinkers. I think the problem is that when we have different orientations and we don't have a theory of mind or theory of self, and which means when you don't have a theory of self, you kind of have this universal understanding of the world. I think this way, so everybody think this way. I believe this, so everybody should believe this. And we don't really understand that when someone is disagreeing with us, it's not because it's personal, just because they're operating with a dif- different theory of self. And so I was listening to a podcast by the husband and wife team. I think it's something that they put out recently. Um and it just talks about, and I was multitasking when I was listening to him. But I think what I'm, what I remember, what I think I remember is that this idea that I'm not going to vilify you because you don't have a particular function, or I'm not going to vilify you because you do have a particular function, because I need to appreciate that all functions have strengths and weaknesses. Like that's the mature self. Now, I was laughing because you guys know I give extroverted feeling a hard time, you know, but I also have talked about extroverted feeling in a way of admiration because I think paired with introverted intuition, I think it's just, um, I envy that a little bit. So when I'm poking around and like that extroverted feeling, good Lord, right? It is taxing on me. I'm not going to lie. But it is pleasurable. It is me. I still understand it as a valuable function. So it's it's kind of a, it is a tax for me. But I also appreciate and have the maturity to understand its value in the world. And so that's what I think this um, particular episode by the husband and wife team, I think that's what they were attempting. Well, that was one of the things I think they were attempting to do in that episode. So anyway, um, so that's kind of where TE has been on my brain, extroverted thinking. And then I thought about, well, then I was like, I'm starved from for extroverted thinking. I'm missing it. I'm missing out on being able to do more extroverted thinking. They say introverted intuition as our dominant function makes us slower to act, take action. Um for a long time, that was hard for me to accept because I feel like my TE, even though it's secondary, I feel like it's a beast. But I realize it's only a beast when it comes to my work. That's something I've been processing. It's a beast. Like, it's only a beast. When I say a beast, like, it's un, uninhibited, it's uninhibited, it's forward motion, it's assertive, It. It is out there. It's out there so much that when I first started my journey with Myers-Briggs, it was in the heart of work. I was like, nah, I'm, I'm, I might be an EI split in TJ. And just over time, I've just come to understand I'm not as dominant with my TE in the rest of my life. I'm only dominant with my TE at work. And even there... I'm only dominant with my TE under particular situations. 
But as I've studied ENTJ or, yeah, ENTJ, because I have no need to study ESTJ. Um, I mean, I've read about the ESTJ, but I've not studied. I've studied ENTJ. ENTJs are going to act and then they're going to put meaning to their action. They're going to act first and then they're going to meaning make it, meaning make it afterwards. That's not what I do. Every action I'm taking is because of some meaning I've already established. And if I have not established meaning, I will not take action. Or I will take very little action. <laughs> um, and so that's an interesting difference uh, between the ENTJ and the INTJ. Um, so I've been thinking outside of work, though, my TE is in danger. Like, I feel like my TE is alienated. It's undervalued. It's in conflict. And um, I'm not sure what I want to do with that. Like, I feel like I should grieve it because that's a, such a, the TE is such a significant part of me. I feel like I should grieve it. Um, I feel like I should come up with some action plan <laughs> to rectify that, but I'm not a hundred percent sure what the plan would be. Um, and so then I started thinking about flow, like, oh, I'm in flow when I'm in TE and thinking, oh, well, what's going to put me in flow? And then a few days ago, I thought, you're not in flow because you're T, you're in TE. You're in, you are in flow when the NI and the TE come together. And a part of me wants to say I'm in flow when all four of those functions come together, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Maybe N-I-T-E-F-I. I don't know, but let's just stick with the top two. One, and so flow, as I'm understanding, is when you are it, you are um, dealing with using skills to confront a challenge and you're so enthralled, you're so absorbed in the task that you have very little sense of self-reflection. You're not thinking about self. You're not stressed. You're just so absorbed in the task. And, man, that's <laughs> So I was reading this morning. That's a good feeling. Um, a part of me feels like I need to be in flow in order to maximize my summer. I don't want my summer vacation to be all about unpacking from the damn school year. I really don't. That scares me. It scares me, but I don't know. So then I thought, well, when were you in flow? Well, I was just, I was in flow the last four months. Now it was flow that has some stress attached to it. Excuse me, that's not true. It started off as flow. And then when um, the powers that be came over me and started um, um, getting involved and what I was doing, but not getting involved, but getting involved, um, it became less about flow than about my strengths. So I still was able to see my use my strengths, 
but I wasn't in flow anymore. I would say the last six weeks, I was not in flow. I started off in high flow, then I went from moderate flow, then I went to no flow. But in all of it, I still used my strengths. I was still using my TE, and I was still using my NI. But there were, there were limitations put on it. He said, so that's just an interesting consideration. Like, flow is, you know, what does it really mean in general? What does it mean for me? And, um, and so that's all I want to say about the flow. That I, well, no, let me say this. So I, okay. So I think this is the point with flow. I was in, in flow. And then I was, I came face to face. I had to confront my strengths. And now I'm sitting here on the summer. In the summer, I have goals for the summer. But the goals that I have for the summer do not put me in flow state. And they also don't put me in my strengths. So come, it's one thing to activate your skills to do something. It's another thing to do it after, in the aftermath of being in flow and I, and, and using your strengths. So there's kind of like this letdown, like there's like a deflation that I'm experiencing. And so as I was, I went to read some articles this morning. By the way, I posted two articles on my Twitter account, your NI Dom one. So, um, I'm going to try to do that when I'm reading an article, particularly if I'm reading an article um, at, to think as I'm, sometimes I, I hit before I have a thought, I'm like, well, I want to go on the, on the podcast. I want to talk. Let me do a little reading first. I don't do it often, but there, I've done it recently where I take the article and I share it out. And so even if I don't reference the article, knowing that I've read it might be of interest to you. So go to the Twitter account, follow me, you guys. I think I'm up to 19. Do you guys remember where I only had three followers? And so I'm up to 19. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> on that account. And then my other account, which I was up to 3,200, I'm now um, under 3,100. And so I'm like, okay, you know, so anyway, but my, my, my Yuri and Idam account, I'm at 19. Will you be my 20th follower? <laughs> so anyway, um, so yeah, I just sent those some, I put some articles up, but what they say is after flow, you hit you hit flow and then you have this rush, like this adrenaline, and then you can go into depression. Oftentimes, depression follows flow. And I was like, that resonated with me this morning. And so it's not even the aftermath of flow. Excuse me. It's also, also the aftermath of using my strengths. And it's like, oh, like... I think before the, they put me on this assignment, I was, uh, I was at peace. Okay, here it was. I was at peace doing my, using my skills at work and using my skills at home. And then I created this, and so I didn't, I never hit flow state in either space. So in the last, during the pandemic, I may have done flow for a second when I was putting together a proposal. But I really haven't had flow state in the past two years. So in the absence of flow, I've done what's called play energy. And I learned that from the husband and wife team 
uh, as well. I'm almost certain I got this from them. Although, <laughs> I would be frustrated if they listened to this and said, we never said anything about play energy. Because I'm almost, like, for certain that they've said something uh, to this effect. Maybe they didn't use the term play, play energy, but... So sometimes when I have to do something I'm not interested in because it doesn't utilize the top, it's like, it may be sensory related. I make it into a game. I make it into an NT game. So instead of using my NT for flow, I use my NT to like conquer and, and like do some kind of competition, right? And I, some type of database games that I, I just create a game for myself and it kills me to get through. So for the last two years, that's what I've been doing. I've been using my NT for play energy and not my NT for flow. And I've been making it. I've been making it. No problem. And in some ways, I'm like, if I'm going to be doing employment, I don't know if I should do employment and use flow in employment. I'm going to use flow for someone else? I'm not sure yet. But then I'm like, it would be cool to have a job that you where you can go into flow state and be respected but I I one of the things I want to do is I do want to work somewhere else as an employee before I because right now my views on employment are all dark they're all negative and I'm not 100% sure employment is completely bad you know what I mean um I just so I just don't need to limit my thinking to employment in terms of this job. And so one of somebody I work with at the job just talked about how the job over years can um the job over years can help you um can like really erode yourself, your sense of self, your self confidence, your self worth, and that's some scary stuff to be in a job that could do that to you. But I can clearly see this environment as that, and particularly because it's my job is so linked to my identity in terms of the work I do in the world. I think if I was doing employment, like I'm going to go and do some bartending. I think I want to be a bartender. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. So I'm going to do a little bartending this summer just to give me some, uh, so I don't have to really dip into my savings for play this summer. I want to play and I don't have play money because I got to save it. So I'm thinking about doing some bartending this summer. If I do a terrible job, it doesn't affect my identity. Like my identity in the world is not about being a bartender at all. Now, do I have an identity about being effective? Yeah, but I also know that my effectiveness is only really tethered to my the, the thing I give attention to, the thing I focus on. But my work, my employment is so linked conceptually to my beliefs, um, to my work as an educator, my identity, that it's, it is a dangerous combination, um, which is why when I try to tell myself, you know, 
You can make the most out of that job for next year. I can. And if I have to, I will. But it does come at a, a significant risk. It is dangerous because of of um, just the toxicities of that organization. So, anywho, um, so um, I just let me just say I think all of that has just been about for me this morning. Just thinking about the aftermath of using my. Like I was thinking, I was talking about play energy. I'm sorry, I got distracted. Just talk. I think that play energy isn't a bad way to use my NT. Um, when I am employed, um, because to use my NT for flow state. I don't know, because I just keep thinking it feels like a lot like flow state is so personal. It's so personal. It should be self. It should be self benefiting for me in my mind. Wonder what do you guys think about that? Blow blow state. <laughs> flow state should benefit me, and I don't know if I think it should benefit the employer. Now, let me put it this way: if it does benefit the employer. Um, as secondary, I'm okay, but it should primarily benefit me. Um, but I think I'm only saying that because of what puts me in flow state and maybe it's not, maybe flow state for me isn't so much of the skill side of me, but the motivation part. So what they say, flow state is um, flow state is, um, uh, sorry, skill a- addressing a challenge. You have to be motivated to address that challenge. You have to be motivated by the challenge. You have to be confident in the skills and you have to be motivated by the challenge to be able to go into flow state. And for me, the challenge is that I am most interested in is would be challenges around the human experience and I think blackness and that's where the other part of this reflection uh, comes in and I think I'm going to do a separate recording for that just because uh, we're 35 minutes in and I want to I want to be able to move around in that blackness space because in that space I want to really consider what's most essential for me because I love studying the human experience and I'm also very much interested in black liberation although I don't say that often but I don't know if I don't say that often as a form of strategy or a form of interest I'm not sure and that's why I need the other reflection to process that because I think as I've done black looked in different forms of black liberation and I've studied the human condition there are a lot of people who can benefit from my research around the human experience and empowerment my empowerment model isn't just about black people it's not by far it's about what's at the core 
of greatness in the human experience. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend some time playing around with that in the other in the in another reflection. But um, for now, I think I need to consider if my flow my flow is um, related to a particular challenge around the human experience and liberation. That's where I can go into flow. And what this article says is that we have to learn, which I don't know if I agree with this, but the article says we have to learn to bring flow into everything that we do. But then it went, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe I didn't understand that, but learning how to bring flow into our work um, would benefit us as opposed to waiting for flow to capture us. And I'm saying that I'm okay with not being in flow when I'm in employment. But when I'm on my own, I do need to be in some kind of flow state. Or do I? I don't know. But that's kind of what I've been waiting for. So in like, as I wrap up the second week of vacation, I'm like, so I've done a little work, but nothing that makes me go head, head in. Nothing that makes me stop reflecting on, on the self. And, um, I've got to really think that through. And then I'll, and I think in addition to flow is sorrow. Because I'm no longer using my strengths right now. So I think that I'm talking about two separate things. Flow and strength. And I don't know if they're, I don't know if they are one and the same. So my question is, can you be in a flow state without using your strengths? I like to be, so I often can get in, most of the time when I'm in flow, Is when I'm conceptualizing something. I'm creating a con, uh, uh, some kind of concept. I can go into flow in writing. I can go into flow in um, building frameworks. I can go into flow in developing curriculum. I don't believe. So in when I'm developing curriculum, I really feel like that's a. Uh, I think that I'm using NT. But sometimes I wonder if I'm using T-E-T-I, that I drop down and I pick up that second, that sixth function, T-T-I. And that puts me in flow state. So if I'm dropping down, anyway, that's interesting. I'm Yes. However, I can be in my, my strength and in my element, but I wouldn't call my element my flow. So when I'm in TE, N-I-T-E, and I particularly think about going into a school building and knowing that I got to produce a particular result and see there's S-E in there, right? So I'm moving about in that building. I'm engaging people. I'm assessing. I'm diagnosing. I'm strategizing. I'm planning. I'm confronting. I'm probing. I'm, I'm doing all of that. That's not flow. But can you hear it? That's deliciousness. That's my element. And I'm going to curse. That's my shit. That's my jam. So I don't really know. I probably need to sit with this a little more between my element and my, my element 
in my flow state. Because when I'm in my element, I don't lose time. I don't lose track of time. I don't lose sense of self. But I'm not burdened by it. I'm not burdened by the sense of self. And I'm not burdened by time. But when I'm in flow state, time does not exist. I don't exist. Whatever it is that I am creating, that is it. And I don't, that's an intro. I would love to talk to someone who's an expert to see what they would say about my delineation between my element and my flow, between my element and being in flow state. So, but either way, <laughs> I'm, I'm grieving the loss of both of those right now. So I'm right now I'm not in my element and the work that I need to do will not put me in my element. It it's important because it will get me. Let me put it this way. If I do it well, it will put me in my element. But it's it's unmotivating for me. It really is. And then um, it's definitely, so it's not flow and it's not my element. And uh, it's not flow because I've done the flow part of it already. And I think because I've done the part of the element part, it's not, I think part of my element is doing something new. It's problem solving something new. And so this is a good reflection because at least I now understand why every day I'm like, okay, tomorrow, tomorrow we're going to get in it. And no. And so I also, with the, one of the articles, and I don't know if I shared this one with you guys, because I only shared two and I looked at a number of them this morning. Um, but another, another thing one of the articles said is that like we, Give ourselves permission to grieve the loss of flow. That it's okay to not be in flow all the time. So be okay with that and know that the absence of flow is just a stage. Just like being in flow is a stage, it's a part of the cycle. Being out of flow is um, part of the cycle. So just chill. Just chill for a minute. So I'm kind of trying to do that. But then I keep thinking if I don't maximize the summer that I'm going to be forever in this space with this particular, uh, with employment. And so I don't know, it'll be interesting, but I do feel better than I did in week one. So we'll see. I think the other piece is forcing myself to get out the house. So like last night when did karaoke, that was good for me, but It wasn't everything. And so I'm thinking this part-time job where I'm bartending, that might be good for me too, just to break break up my world and put me in some, give me some novelty. You know, I'm not an any dom, so I don't need a lot of novelty, but it is fifth in my stack. And so using novelty to help me will maybe be, might be beneficial. So um, I'm going to just try to, I'm going to still try to push forward and use play energy for the summer. So if I can use play energy for that job, um, I can definitely use play energy for the business. So it would be better if I had to get into flow space this summer. But if I can't, I'm not going to sit around and wait for flow. I'm not going to sit around and wait for it. And I'm not going to sit around and grieve it. Um, I will use play energy um, in in its in its absence to produce. So 
we will see and then I can you know kind of follow up with you guys and let you know how this experiment works so it looks like I've talked about three things I've talked about flow I talked about play energy and I talked about element um Flow, play, and and I, I want another word for element. Element, I'll put it like this. Element, flow, and play. Flow, play, and element. Flow, element, and play. Okay, I like that. Flow, element, and play. Because I'm like, how do I title this? Anyway, so <laughs> if this reflection has had any value for you, please give it a heart. If this conversation about flow, element, and play. <laughs> if it is that, uh, it's related to a conversation you've had in the world, please take this link and share it with those participants. If my moving about in this reflection has caused some randomness in you, I would love to hear it. You can find me on my website at yournidom.wordpress.com, on Twitter, yournidom1, and Facebook and YouTube, yournidom. Let me give you your assignment. So I'm going to give you a um, it might be a three-parter, but definitely a two-parter. What does flow look like for you? When do you find yourself so enthralled in a task, so enthralled, so engaged, so absorbed, you don't pay attention to time, you don't, you're not aware of yourself? What is it? Is there a particular topic? Is it a particular task? Is it a particular skill set? Um, which I think is related to task. Is it a particular context? And is it for work, for home? You know, the different social roles. Is it when you're mom? Is it when you're dad? Um, so, so what are the, what are the, just think about you and flow state. Define it. What puts you there? How would you describe it? And then the second, um, part of the assignment is, what is it like when you're not in flow? Like, I think you can only consider that question once you really allow yourself to get connected to your flow state. And then, then talk about in the absence of the flow state, what is, what is it like for you? What is living like? What is work like? What is play like? And I think the third question is totally, this is something I would want to know the answer to, but I, I don't ask you to give me your assignment, so I won't. But I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put it out there anyway. Who, who should own flow? Who owns flow? This morning I was reading about black culture and how black people do not own black culture. That's fascinating. I would like to see if I'm going to talk about it in the, in the next reflection. But like the whole idea of owning something that's non-material, right? Non-material ownership. So if you can own a an abstract, if you can own a concept, let's talk about flow. Who should own your flow? Who should credit? Who should get credit for your flow? Who should benefit from your flow? Is it is it your kids? Is it your spouse? Is it your employer? Is it your employees? Is it your community? Is it your church? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, who in your mind should benefit the most from flow? Your flow. Not their flow. Your flow. Like, who's the beneficiary of your flow? All right. <laughs> you guys, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you until I come back. 
Be well. Bye.